You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. fairly opinionated when it comes to music we're music snobs i mean we're kind of music nerds we're more about musical theory and and compositions and and songwriting than we are about like you know you know whatever whatever the top 10 right now whatever whatever you kids are snapping your fingers and tapping your toes to you know <laughs> it's, it's not really us oh my gosh but the since last week we talked about some of our and that 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 episode by the way took off a lot better than I thought it would. Like I kind of thought of it as maybe kind of like a filler. We didn't really have anything to talk about. We didn't have a guest lined up, and you know last week we talked about some of our favorite horse related songs, and we uh, in fact I, th- I think it was you Jade that had the idea of hey why don't we talk about some of our favorite horse related movies? Yeah, 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 and and I'll say too that. The last episode was the first one that I personally got feedback on. Mm. So I thought that was pretty cool. What what feedback from it, it was a cool topic, you know. Um just some some people that had heard, you know, that saw your TikTok about it. I need to do better about doing that myself. Um bad bad boy. Tisk tisk. <laughs> um and, and then several people that I know that actually listen to it. Some of who I got, you know, I got them started listening to the podcast. Well, but I it, a, uh, I made it a went promise. over well. I made a promise I was going to compile that into a list and put it in the show notes, which I didn't do. Um, and then somebody goes, hey, you know what you guys should have did? Uh, you should have made it a Spotify playlist. And I'm like, son of a gun. I didn't even think about making it a Spotify playlist. Uh, Doe, Dapple Doe, loved it. And she's like, oh, I, I can add it to my playlist, you know. And then I had a bunch of other people who were like, I think, uh, I think uh, Ginger, mutual friend of ours, was like, did you make that into a, a playlist? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and then she just replied, sad thing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. We'll get there. So today's topic, we'll actually, it. it's going to be two topics tonight, today, whenever you're listening. This tonight for us recording this. <clears throat> Is we're gonna do <clears throat> some of our favorite movies about horses, not not westerns. I mean, they can be westerns, but the the subject matter is about horses, and not just people riding on horses. But we, we're gonna do a top five from each. Some of them may cross over, um, and then we decided to do another top five that was just westerns. And because it's kind of hard to not talk about westerns uh, in the horse world, it doesn't matter on what way of life you're on, because you know Western cinema is very horse centric, right? So that w- that was a road we went. So I'm gonna let Jade start off first, and I think uh, I think let's do our favorite horse movies first, and then we'll do our favorite westerns. So, but I'll I'll let you go okay. first. Okay, you got the, you got the floor. The, the, this one. I guess it could have gone under the Western, but it is very much horse-centric. The Man from Snowy River. 
You know, I left that off of my list because I knew it was going to be the first one on your list. <laughs> that is a horseman's movie. It's a damn good movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, every you know, it's it's it, it checks all the boxes for a good for a good equine movie, and I've been watching it fairly regularly as far back as I can remember. At least once a year, I pull the DVD out. I probably haven't seen it in fifteen years. I, I need oh, to, no, I need no. to watch it. I've, yeah. Yeah, and and by that same token, you can also throw in there the return from Snowy River, the the sequel, which, like most sequels, is not as good as the original, but no. it it kind of completes the story. Yeah, yeah, Man from Snowy River is awesome movie. I need to rewatch it because I want to say more about it, but I'm like I haven't seen it in so long. Um, yeah. So all right, so first one on my list. And I don't know you. You when I say it, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I figured, figured that'd be on the list." Uh, Justin Morgan had a horse. Uh, it yep. is a cheesy 1970s Disney movie, but it is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Especially if you like Morgans, it's got a great story, some beautiful horses in the movie, and it's about uh, Justin Morgan, um, the the horse, and Justin Morgan the the man. Um, so yeah, it's it's an awesome movie, very dated, uh, very cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you like Morgan's, as most of those movies at that time were. Oh gosh, yes. I mean, you know, like Herbie the Love Bug and stuff like that, and very very reminiscent of of that kind of that kind of film. You know, it, the only thing it was missing yep. was Don Knotts having a cameo. <laughs> that is true. It's like the time that, that, that was that era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. the era where Don Knotts had ran away from uh, the Andy Griffith show because he thought he was going to do bigger and brighter things. And oops. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined your career and you ruined Andy Griffith. Thanks, Don Knotts. <laughs> because if I flip on Andy Griffith and the episodes in color, I cut it right off. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, though? It really is. Isn't that the truth? Uh, what's next? What do you got? Uh, this, it's a movie. It's more of a documentary. We've both okay. seen it. I love it. I think Unbranded. I about. Yep, it was going to be on my list, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to put it on there. We'll save it maybe as an honorable mention. My hopes was that you had it on your list, but unbranded, holy cow. Uh, That movie is also usually my source material when somebody's talking about anybody trying to ride cross-country, wink, wink, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Mm -hmm. Uh, They usually point to that movie and go, they had strings of horses, and look how rough it was. Yeah. The the cactus scene, Uh, though, in that movie just gets me going every time. I laugh so hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> have you ever been in that stuff? Mm-mm. Jumping Joya? No. I have. And it sucks. Every bit as bad as what you would imagine it would. Uh, so for those that don't know. And I wasn't on horseback. For, so for those that don't know, 
Uh, Unbranded is um, basically a passion project by some guys that went to Texas A&M. They were, they're cowboys. They know horses. And they all went and adopted Bill and Mustangs. And um, they took the Mustangs and they trained them and they were their strings of ponies. And they rode from the Mexican border to Canada, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, started in Arizona and ended in Montana. Yeah, right, right at the border at Montana. And um, yep. yeah, it is absolutely amazing. It is heart wrenching in some parts. It is hilarious in others. Um, and it's again, it's a documentary, but it's a movie, and it's all true, and it's raw. Like they, you know, they could have left out. I'm gonna say know, they they didn't just show the the blissful wonderful parts no you know they showed them randomly finding one of their horses dead you know on a picket string uh you know one night you know and and how hard that was like you can't fake tears like homeboy had when he cut that poor horse's tail off you know and then his favorite horse in his string getting hurt and then him getting reunited with his favorite horse at the end when somebody trailered it up to him and how excited he was you can't you can't fake that kind of excitement when he saw that horse again no no you you can't and these you know are i mean actors. It, these are it, cowboys they don't have emotions 90% of the time right exactly and you know they you know they showed the good you know they they showed their mistakes you know, and and I think that was for the sake of showing this is not for the faint of heart. It's not an easy task. No, it's, it's not an easy task. So that's a reminder for me. I just got any harebrained ideas about taking one horse and riding cross country. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. It didn't happen for that other guy yep. either. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> funny. Don't can't say I didn't tell you. Uh, all right, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you uh, no. Go ahead. Uh, well, no, I was just gonna say that I was low key happy that my prediction came true. Mine too. When I said a trailer would be involved. <laughs> well, trailer was involved the majority of it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you. I'm just gonna give you a cast. Okay, this is my next movie. I'm gonna give you a cast, and I'm pretty sure you can guess the movie. James Cromwell, Fred Thompson, uh, Diane Lane, Margot Martindale, John Malkovic. John Malkovic should give it away. I'm just going to tell you, I am horrible with actor names. Could not tell you who any of those people are. Secretariat. Th that was my gut. Since John, it had the one female. John Malkovic is an amazing actor. Okay, I love John Malkovic. John Malkovic. Yes. Oh, and Scott Glenn was also in that movie. But, and for those who don't know, Scott Glenn played uh, uh, the antagonist in Urban Cowboy. He was the one that had the... He was so gross in that movie, though. Uh, anyway, John Malkovic <laughs> played Lucian Lauren. Secretary's trainer. Seriously, seriously, in my opinion, one of the best roles John Malkovic has had. And he's had some astounding roles. And I'm probably biased. In fact, I know I'm biased. But him as Lucian Lauren 
was absolutely phenomenal. He played that role to a T. Now the movie is not perfect, like it, you know. Yes. The movie is. They took some liberties with some stuff, like you know, a uh, like a feud between you know Secretariat and his connections and Sham and Sham's connections, and that never happened. Like that was not a thing. In fact, Sham's trainer, they make him out to be almost villainous. And the reality is that Sham's trainer had nothing but praise for Secretariat. In fact, he he was quoted as saying that the only horse that can beat Secretariat is going to be Secretariat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the movie, other than that, the yeah, movie does I, a great job. I mean. It, it's one of those that in the weeks leading up to the Derby, we will watch it. Yeah. I mean, um, it's just a, a, a powerful movie. I watched, I watched, I can't lie, I watched it like four times this, this, uh, this racing season, so. Yeah, this Triple Crown seat, I watched it like three yeah. times. Because I watched it with like each one of my daughters. Like, Reagan was all into it. Like, my oldest daughter. And she like, I looked over yeah. like during the, and she knows Secretariat. She knows all about it. And she knows uh, how into that horse I am. And I'm pointing out different people. You know, and I, we they got to uh, uh, Mr. Sweat. And, you know, I was like, you know, he's from South Carolina. You know, he's he's from down in Orangeburg, you know. I was like, we're going to go visit him, you know, his, his grave. But I was like, we're going to go, you know, visit him soon and everything. Uh, but then I looked over at Reagan during the, the Belmont scene where it goes quiet and Diane Lane's doing her monologue and you just hear the hooves in the mm-hmm. background and Reagan's just like wide-eyed staring at the TV. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. That's one. Of the, yeah, that's a, that was whoever. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, whoever came up with the idea for that scene, you made suspense out of something everybody knew happened. Congratulations! Exactly. You, you broke. You you broke movies because that was awesome. You were hanging yeah. on the edge yeah, of your 100%. seat, even though you knew the outcome. Yeah. And one of the things that I also like is uh, the actor that they used to portray. Ronnie Turcott mm-hmm. was a jockey uh, in real life. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Otto Thorworth. Yes, yes. So, yep, that's him. He uh, was the so, he was a re- he was a real deal jockey. Well, and not just you know riding one or two horses. Uh, Otto rode for twelve years as a jockey. Um, you know, and had mm-hmm. like six concussions, broken bones, battled bulimia like most jockeys do. Um, and he just like he needed to just start. He needed a fresh start, and he's like, I'm not gonna get better unless I leave, uh, racing. And and good on him because he knew racing was detrimental to his health. And he got and there's a lot of jockeys that I love, but there's a lot of people that uh, being a jockey is hard on them. And and Otto uh, Thorworth was was one of those, and so yeah, uh, he was a great actor in that movie, though. Um, he, he really was, and he really sold the role of Ron Turcotte. He did. Like he, he you did. thought you thought it my, was my Ron favorite. Turcotte. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite scene that that he was in was at the the Belmont Ball, whenever uh, somebody asked him about his date and uh, uh, he said i'm taller when i stand on my wallet they, yeah well and that's like i like that yeah and that's something a lot of people don't know is like 
Ron Turcotte had rode Northern Dancer. Um, he had rode, um, oh shit, another, uh, another Chinnery horse. It's escaping me right now. It's on the tip. Like Ron Turcotte, uh, had money. Ron Turcotte was not, not broke. Yeah, like the next jockey. And he had been riding. Yeah, the next. Go jockey, ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, the next jockey on the next movie that I'm going to talk about after you go next was broke. You know, when he started riding again, Ron Turcotte was never not mm. on top. Ron Turcotte, he was a jockey. No. jockey. But Ron Turcotte, and had he had a, been riding several horses at Churchill, or yeah. had been riding several horses that were riding at Churchill on Derby Day, and opted out of riding them because of regulations saying that you know if you came off of a horse you were done for the day yeah and he was going to ride red yeah yeah um so, and then they had a huge good stuff good movie and, yeah and him and red had a great connection we we could talk about ron turcott and secretary and their connection uh you know all day but i digress next what who who you got now <laughs> 12 strong I didn't put it on my list because I knew it was on yours because we talked about it the other day. Yeah. 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 Killer, killer movie. You know, it's, if you haven't seen it, I think it's on Netflix right now. If you have a Netflix subscription, if not, yeah. find, find a way to watch it. So this is going to be one of the f only times during this episode I'm going to say watch the movie, but definitely go read the book Horse Soldier. Um, it's about, yes. uh, and, and the, the movie is adapted from it. The movie is amazing, but the movie does not do justice to how much horse work these guys were doing. Um, and for those that don't know, do you want to tell it? Or you want me to tell it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so 12 strong is based off of, uh, like you said, the book. And also if you don't like to, to read, there is a documentary available called brothers of legion that covers this same group of guys. But I mean, it's, it's basically, it's, it's, it's 21st century war horses, you know, after, after nine 11, the collapse of the twin towers, the first soldiers sent into Afghanistan were special forces. Uh, their jobs were to link up with Afghani warlords that wanted to run the Taliban out of Afghanistan and these guys teamed up with these Afghan locals and ran the Taliban out on horseback. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, that's the short of it. And on these, you tiny, know, I, I won't say tiny little, well, I have to quote Corblund here on those wily Afghan horses. Uh, for those, and I'm sure <laughs> quite a few people listen to the show know who Corblund is. Uh, the Canadian singer songwriter uh, has a song called horse soldier and a part of it, you know, at the end of Horse Soldier, you know, where he, he's pretty, you know, when he goes, uh, and reluctantly, you know, or in silence, I retreat or whatever. And then there's a little reprise and it goes, and today I ride with special forces on those wily Afghan horses, those Stoons Northern Alliance give their thanks. And that's exactly what yep. he's talking about. It's the, it's the 12 strong. Yeah. And, and the thing is, what was so cool to me and and I remember it you know from from back when it happened the the Pentagon released a photo of 
these special force guys on horseback, basically just because it was so badass. Oh yeah, and they're what on the, they like, were doing. They're on these like thirteen hand horses, and they're all like six four. Yeah, like, and these tiny little toting saddles, all their gear, toting all their gear, and none of them had riding experience except for one guy who had worked on a dude ranch, I think, and uh, and he was like their mm-hmm. team lead. And, and that was it. And they, you know, the majority of these guys had to learn to ride on the fly. Like the Afghanis were like, no, nah, you just ride this horse. And, uh, and these are like green yeah. ass horses that, you know, and there were times when they were literally charging, you know, ex-Soviet, you know, era tanks that uh, the Taliban had uh, on horseback. Yeah, and, and you also shooting, have to take into shooting rifles between their horses ears. Yeah, it, it's recently. And. When when you get into regions like that and you start talking horses, geldings do not exist. No, there's no. Geldings. These guys are r- r- riding rank ass, you know, stallions and you know basically whatever there was available, oh, yeah. you know. But these were not finesse broke high dollar horses. This no. is what what the Afghanis had well, on hand. And again, Corblund was kind when he just called them wily Afghan horses. I mean, these are not these are not the cusp of what you would call a, an army remount. Exactly. You know, they're, exactly. They're cool little horses. And if I could ever get my hands on some of those, like you know, tribal, there's a couple of breeds that are native to Afghanistan. If I could ever get my hands on one, I'd love it because I love pony breeds, and and they're pony breeds for the most part. What we would consider pony breeds here in the West. But uh, I'd so be down because these little things, they just go and go and go and go. They're like, imagine like the rankest Hancock, but as a pony. <laughs> like that's what <laughs> Afghan horses are. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, check that one out if you haven't. What do you yes. got, man? Um. So my next one to follow up, I hate to throw another racehorse movie out there, but Seabiscuit. I, that one was I put that one on my list in case you mentioned Secretariat, but then you mentioned Seabiscuit, so yeah, I cross mean, them you both got, off. You got Jeff Bridges and Toby Maguire, first of all, and not yep. only that, but that is an amazing story. You know, Seabiscuit's not a Triple Crown winner or anything like that, uh, but uh, one of the most winningest horses um, in U.S. thoroughbred history uh, had a long career. Um, yeah, amazing horse at the right time when America really needed a hero during the Great Depression. Seabiscuit uh, was one of those horses uh, that did that. And I have to shout out uh, my friend Jessie. Um, she does uh, some videos. I'll tag her in the notes. She does some videos on TikTok called a race. She does a series called a race horse did that. And she's been on the show a couple of times before. Uh, she's an off the track thoroughbred gal. Uh, loves racehorses to death, and she did one on Sea Biscuit about a racehorse did that, just because of the side job that Sea Biscuit had, and that was literally just being a hero to the distraught during the uh, the Great Depression. So, and but that movie is <laughs> wonderful, um, and it really tells a really good story. Do they take some liberties? Yeah, it's a movie. They're gonna Hollywood's always gonna take liberties when when they can, and we're gonna get into a couple of movies here in a minute. I, I know for a fact where they just took all the liberties, um, but 
I love the story of Seabiscuit. He's one of my favorite horses, but so is War Admiral. So, you know, I'm kind of torn with the whole Seabiscuit War Admiral, you know, match race. Um, but with that said, absolutely movie. Uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, love him or hate him, was awesome in the movie. Uh, Toby Maguire, love him or hate him, he was awesome. Chris Cooper was in the movie. So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. All right. What so, do you I'm, I'm down to. I'm down to two now, one of which I know you're going to mention. So I'm going to stay off of it. But War Horse. War Horse was my next one, so go ahead. Okay. No, it's fine, because we knew our list were going to do this, and instead of just, like, getting with each other, you know, beforehand, listen, this episode could be three hours long. part of the fun of it. It's part of the fun of it, not knowing what the other guy's going to say, because if it's on your list, it means you've got something to say about it. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those feel good movies. I mean, it it really is. You know, and the ladies, all the love trials and tribulations, and and the ladies, what is love, it? And the ladies love Benedict Cumberbatch. So, but yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm like Peter Mullins in the movie. <laughs> like you know, it's it's guy. one of those movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> um. You know, when people think horse movies, they think westerns. Mm -hmm. And I love to see something like that, even though, you know, like you said, Hollywood takes a lot of liberties with with stories and uh, and situations. But, you know, it just it was it was cool seeing a World War One era story. And it is about a horse. And as a guy who whose degree uh spans that era i I watched that movie and there are parts of that movie where i kind of cringe and and it's not because of the depiction um it is more or less of throwing all of that at at one horse but i understand what they're doing they're trying to tell the story of all the horses in the war through the eyes of one horse and you obviously can't kill that horse off right um you can, With that you can do said, things. it really tells the story of what happened to horse cavalry when it met modern warfare. And and though we look at World War One, you know, as almost being ancient these days, that was the cusp of modern warfare uh, in the eyes of, of most historians and even myself, uh, somebody whose emphasis of study is that 20th century warfare. And, yeah, it's not horses, folks. You know, I tell the history of the horse, but, um, yeah, I I went to school to to study military history. Um, And, you know, I look at that movie, and they do a really good job of using a singular horse to tell the story of the millions of horses that died during the the First World War. And not just horses, mules, donkeys, um, you know, you name it. So many people think that, yeah, and and so many people think that the the age of horse warfare ended with the Civil War. They don't realize the cavalry was still very much alive in the early 1900s. It was extremely alive, and in fact, horse cavalry um, in... And and to dive into a little bit of the history, I think this is deserving of of a little bit of history. Take a little time and talk about it. Yes, because um, we've got the time. You know, you had, you know, like the um, 
you had British cavalry going in um, into France and going into Belgium with the idea that they were going to do these vast, swift flanking maneuvers over open ground and, and form these these hammer and anvil and these pincer maneuvers and everything else, the things that they had been trained to do, you know, against uh, masses of enemy soldiers like, you know, they, they were on the battlefield with Napoleon. And what they found... Uh, was the machine gun and and not yep. some crude not some crude you know uh amalgamation of of machine gun no the the actual maxim gun a hold the trigger and pew 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 machine guns lots of them and three pound field guns and howitzers that's what they found you know, it's kind of hard to make a cav charge with sabers drawn against twelve machine guns. You know, yep. and, and that's what happened, and that's what led to trench warfare. Is no one could move, no one, no one could budge an inch. <laughs> you know, you know, one side's got machine guns, the other guy's got machine guns. One guy's got artillery, the other guy's got artillery. There were none of these these Germans had these this idea it was called the Schlieffen plan or something like that. I have to look that back up. But they were gonna make this huge sweeping flanking maneuver. You know, it was like a hammer and anvil type thing that they were gonna do through Belgium. And they were gonna, you know, just completely encapsulate, you know, the tiny and it again, few hundred thousand standing. British Army. This is not the millions that would be thrown into the meat grinder of the war. That they were going to just, you know, just encapsulate this. You know, in fact, the, the the French and the Germans had some of the biggest armies out there. You know, and the, the British Army gets a lot of the credit for the war when they literally sent a couple of, you know, they they sent guys over in tens of thousands in the beginning because that's all they had as a standing <laughs> army. You know, and right, and and Cav was part of that. They, there was a a thing like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they went from, they really went from a few thousand horses, uh, the day before the war started, to 250 thousand horses, uh, within three or four days. They bought like 600 thousand horses from the U.S. before the U.S. entered the war. Uh, the U.S. Army Remount Service sold the British Army, and a lot of the horses that entered the meat grinder of the Western Front were American horses. A lot of folks yep. do not know that. Uh, six or it's like five or six hundred thousand horses that were U.S. horses uh, were thrown into that meat grinder for the British and the French. And then once you know, once they figured out that well, shit. Horses and machine guns don't mix. Uh, what do we do? Well, they got relegated to rear guard stuff and dispatch riders, and a lot of the messengers. Message, yeah, and a lot of the horses got then got thrown into hauling up artillery, uh, you know, ammunition, things like that. That you know, that was you've got a fine, highly refined, um, you know. Cav charger 
that's now laden with medical supplies, food, and bullets. That's its. That, that was the. That was the point that. Yeah, that that they realized. You know this. This isn't going to work anymore. No, but. And what a lot of people do not know is the the horse cavalry. Didn't die after World War One. It evolved. And it evolved in a way that, okay, well, all these modern amalgamations, um, you know, of warfare, you know, the, the tank is a thing, you know, the artillery barrage is a thing, machine guns are a thing. Are, is there still a place for horses? Absolutely. Not in the way, though, that we originally designed the horse cavalry to work. Um, and so, and that's why the United States kept the horse cavalry around until after World War II. Even though they weren't being committed to combat, we still had horse cavalry. In fact, the last U.S. cavalry charge happened in the Philippines in 1942. And it was an outright cav charge, and those boys played hell on the Japanese all over that island. But the Japanese did not know how to deal mm-hmm. with it. The The Germans had cavalry in World War II. In fact, the, the Germans, to be one of the world's most modern armies when World War II broke out, had more horses than they did trucks. Think about that. Yep. The, you know, the yep. British, the British you know, and- Army still had horses. The United States still had a U.S. Army remount service. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, it's horses to this day, as as we were talking about earlier with 12 Strong, still serve their purpose when needed and are still needed. And it's not just that. If you're a Marine or you're in the Army uh, or, if even, or if you're in the Navy and you're a SEAL or something like that, there are still schools that the U.S. military, the Department of Defense, send you to to learn how to pack and ride animals. And what they're designed to do is for you to utilize local modes of transportation. And when you get in some of these, you know, parts of the world that aren't quite as modern, you know, they still rely heavily on packing out donkeys and mules and horses. And it's a pack school, and they they teach these guys how to work with those animals. Because if you're dropped off for some secret mission or, or, you know, behind-the-lines type thing, your mode of transport is going to be local. If it just have, happens to be a Molly mule, guess what? Your ass is going to be bucked up on a Molly mule. So it is exactly. still important to this day. So. Yep. So I have the last one. It was on your list. It's your turn. And I know you've been waiting for this too. Yeah. The, uh,. My so the the last one on my list since you took you took my last one is one is a movie that I just made a, a video about about how it's a hundred percent made up it's not real but as a kid I loved this movie and I still love this movie I watched it the other night because I knew I was going to make a video about it um, and that is In Pursuit of Honor um, and it goes right along the same course as your next one because I pretty much know what your next one's going to be. So In Pursuit of Honor, uh, again, it goes along. It's about the, the horse cavalry after World War One in the Great Depression in the 1930s. 
and how the the tank just overnight you know uh replaced the horse and the u.s army uh took horses and dug big ditches for them in mexico and cut them down with machine guns and these these guys decide that you know morally since they're 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 cav men they they can't let that happen and they drive them to mexico and at the beginning of the movie it says these events are based on a true story it's not though like it never happened (laughs) it never happened whatsoever (laughs) what it's actually based on is the 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 producer or writer of the movie heard a cowboy campfire story in the 1940s and if anybody's ever listened to cowboy campfire stories it's kind of like everybody's uncle bob that's like been there and done that seen everything except you know uncle bob has never left tampa so everything comes out of his mouth is just bullshit. Those are that's, it's the equivalent of cowboy campfire stories, right? It's just you know somebody's gonna one up one, you know. Somebody's like, yeah, you know, I saw a guy shoot his horse one time and then walk to his death, and then the next guy's like, well, I saw the army one time shoot five hundred horses in a ditch. It didn't happen. <laughs> and the reason it didn't happen is because there was actually a shortage of horses during the depression. Um. In the U.S. Army Remount Service didn't keep their surplus horses. Uh, that was actually contracted out to local ranches and farmers. They maintained surplus horses and the breeding of those horses. Uh, and whenever the Army had a surplus of horses, they sold them to the civilian market. And again, there was a shortage of horses during the Depression. So if they had a, if they had a surplus of horses, they would have sold them to the civilian market at cost. You know, just like they did in the uh, late 40s, early 50s, when they disbanded the horse cavalry, the the U.S. Army tried to sell those horses to the civilian market and realized, shit, nobody really wants them. So they came up with a program called the um, Mustang Herd Enrichment Program, uh, which is like the biggest the the biggest lie ever told. <laughs> they literally took a bunch of thoroughbred crosses and just dumped them on range with Mustangs. And so they were enriching the herd. So, kids, if you're going to adopt a Mustang, it's not some conquistador's horse. It's some U.S. Army remount reject. <laughs> and I love Mustangs. Like, Mustangs are absolutely phenomenal. But if you're thinking you're riding, you know, Cortez's horse or some shit, you're not. You're riding <laughs> Private Schmuckatelli's old mare. <laughs> but the movie stars... Um, the acting in the movie, very, very B, very B movie like, uh, very over the top. Uh, Don Johnson's character is really good, um, and it's just like the movie's just one moral dilemma after another. Like it's seriously like you, it, it, like I watched it again the other day. I hadn't watched it in years, and it was always one of my favorite movies. And it's just, but again, it's just one friggin' moral dilemma after another. And then after a while, you're just like, God, just I don't know. Maybe they should have just shot the damn horses, you know. Like, it's just, uh. <laughs> uh, but still, it ranks up there in, in some of my top favorite horse movies because uh, the heart was in the right place in the movie, and it tells an absolutely great story. It's just fake. But based on a true story, apparently, yep. it, it's based on a true campfire tale that's absolutely made up. I bet you didn't know we had a merch store. That's right. We actually have merch. If you head on over to the description, the notes of this episode, there will be a link there to the merch store, and you can head on over to the Mediocre Horseman store 
from there we have socks, we have hoodies, we have tanks, we have tees, and there's new designs coming out all the time. And the special this month is the Feral Appalachia shirt. 100% of the proceeds of that shirt are going to help feral horses in Appalachia. And 50% of everything else that's sold in the store is also going to go help feral horses in Appalachia through Feral Aaron as part of the Appalachia Legacy Initiative. So click the link in the description, head on over there, get something, help out some amazing horses, some amazing people, and uh, help me feed my horses for crying out loud. I want to take this opportunity to talk about our latest partner here on Behind the Horse's Eyes, and that is Herd of Zebras. You can find them over at www.herd-of-zebras.com. And Herd of Zebras is more than just an equestrian lifestyle brand. It's a global community of just badass people who inspire others with their perseverance, grit, compassion, and authenticity. And what other people might call scars, whether it be physical or emotional, they call stripes. It's the experiences and the hardships that cause us to become stronger, kinder, and braver. Unlock all of that over at Herd of Zebras. I wear their shirts constantly. I was lucky enough for them to send me some swag. Um, I've done some promotional stuff for them. I'm going to tell you, I am sold. The quality of their products is is, is amazing. They're, all their products are printed here in the U.S. You're not going to find better people and people with a better message than Herd of Zebras. If you use the discount code JRyan at checkout over at Herd of Zebras, you're going to get 10% off of your order. All the info for that is going to be in the description of this episode. That's wwwherd of dash zebras.com promo code j ryan for 10 percent off today one of my most beloved sponsors has got to be audible i had an audible account long before i thought about ever getting into podcasting and audible has a awesome gift for all of my listeners and if you head over to audibletrial.com forward slash j ryan you're going to get a free audiobook on them and me all you have to do is sign up for a free trial and if you decide that Audible's not for you, and within 30 days, you can cancel. No harm, no file, you spend no money, and you get to keep that free audiobook. Audible has hundreds of thousands of books in their catalog, read by world-renowned narrators. From New York Times bestsellers to the classics, they're all on Audible. So again, head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan and pick up your free audiobook today. <laughs> So there's that. And that's okay, because it's a good one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. Right, yeah, so, well. It's so your turn. Well, and, and it was the one it was the one I thought you were going to mention before, Hidalgo. And I like, okay, let me preface this with, it, I like the movie, good movie Hidalgo. It's got Viggo yes, Mortensen, it, who is awesome. I will not say, though, I, I will say this is Viggo Mortensen's. Second best role. Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. is his first best. I was gonna say, yeah, you you gotta be if you like him, you gotta like the Lord of the Rings. Um, and it's also got J.K. Simmons in it. So if you don't know who J.K. Simmons is, it's it's also like the the insurance commercial guy. So yeah, we covered that. That that's him. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna let you delve into the the meat 
behind the, the story. But if I if I pissed if I pissed anyone off with uh, in pursuit of honor, I'm about to really piss you off with this movie. So this movie is again right. it, it it's claimed to be based on a true story, and it's based around um, the memoir of a gentleman by the name of Frank Hopkins. Um, Frank Hopkins was a con artist and a liar. That, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> Nothing in this movie ever happened. It never happened. There were races in Arabia, not to the extent that Frank Hopkins said they did. Um, he got nothing about Arabian culture correct. Um, nothing about the races in Arabia correct. Frank Hopkins claimed to have taught uh, Buffalo Bill Cody uh, how to trick ride and claimed he worked for Bill Cody for years. Well, there's historians that keep the Cody Museum alive. You know, and, and and all the Buffalo Bill stuff going, and they have payroll stubs, payroll books from those years. Frank Hopkins doesn't exist. He was never there, and you know, and I've had people. Well, what if he took up you know another name for legal reasons? Well, that's fine, but Bill Cody had a habit of hiring nothing but professionals, and they would have known the people they were hiring. Yeah, Frank Hopkins doesn't show up or any pseudonym of anybody who <laughs> could have been Frank Hopkins showed up. Uh, he also, Frank Hopkins, claimed to have, have won a race from Texas to Vermont. First of all, who the hell races from Texas to Vermont of all places? <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't, that, that doesn't make any sense. And then he said when he won the race, he got a seat on the Vermont Racing Commission. The Vermont Racing Commission says no one by the name of Frank T. Hopkins ever existed on the commission. And as far as they know, there's never been a race from Texas to Vermont. Um, you know, he claimed so much stuff that just was outright. Like, I read the guy. When I first got wind that, like, none of this stuff was real, I was like, this guy's memoir's got to be out there. And, and I found it. And I read it. And it hurts to read. It is seriously like the delusions of 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 a dying man, you know, whose brain is just not functioning all the way. Like, it is, it's horrible. Like, it is hard to get through. His memoir is so hard to get through because the man is so full of shit. The only jobs that we know for a fact Frank Hopkins ever had was he briefly, very briefly, conned his way into getting a job uh, for Ringling Brothers to be a handler. And he was promptly let go from that job because he didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Um, and then he was a carpenter. He he wrote his memoir, and it was never published in his lifetime because when he tried to send it to people, people read it and said, this is bullshit. None of this happened. <laughs> You're full of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, Frank, Cop Frank Hopkins is a big old phony. Now, Hildalgo... Awesome movie. It really is. Like and the title Oh my gosh. And I gotta pull this up. The this should tell you right here. Um This should tell you right here about just how full of shit he was. Just just because the name the name of the name of his uh the name of his memoir. Hold on. I gotta pull it up. Just bear with me. Bear with me. But yeah, he claimed to like win like four hundred races and this, that, and the other. Uh, I gotta find the book. He what he called his mem yeah what he called his memoir. 
Um, I'll get there. Frank Hopkins uh, memoir. Oh my gosh. The name of the thing. <laughs> uh, it is... Uh, it is called Hidalgo and Other Stories uh, and the Story of the Greatest Horseman in Mexico. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> but it was a good movie, though. It was an absolutely phenomenal movie. Absolutely Sorry to burst people's bubble. Yeah, but it was 100% fake. I love the movie. Hidalgo's an absolutely great movie. If you've never seen it, go watch it's Viggo Mortensen, first of all. And it is absolutely a heart-wrenching movie. It is phenomenal. Great acting. Even though, like, half of the cast is supposed to be, like, Arabs, Hispanic. But, you know, I'm not pointing fingers. Uh, you know, still. I mean, it's a great movie. All right. So that that pretty much concludes our favorite horse movie list. Um, do you want to go through? you want to do the other list real quick? And not spend a lot of time yeah, on let's, it. Let's... But we'll do the other list. Yes. And it is our favorite uh, our favorite westerns, because I know a lot of people are like, well, there's not a lot of westerns on those lists. Well, there's a reason, because there isn't too many westerns that are really just based around horses. They're just people on horses. But I, I figured you guys would probably want to hear some of our favorite westerns, and I'm pretty sure our list is going to be different except for one. One miniseries that can be considered a movie. I'm pretty sure we both got that one. Uh, you know we do. Yeah. You know so, we do. Uh, you I, went for I won't even... I yeah. won't even lead off with it. So you went first, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go first uh this time, if that's all right with you. And I'm gonna start off with okay. Jim, Jimmy Stewart and the rare breed. Yes. That's a um, good one. It is an first of all it's Jimmy Stewart. One of one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh sorry, John Wayne. Uh Jimmy Stewart was better. Um the uh, no, nah, I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing shade to throw shade at this point. I, I but I do really like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's about the the Hereford breed and how the Hereford breed was established uh, in the United States, even though it is a a breed from the UK. But um, yeah, it, it is awesome. I I love the movie again. It's Jimmy Stewart, uh, Maureen O'Hara. I mean, it, it's Ben Johnson is in it, by the way. If you don't know who Ben Johnson is, then we can't be friends because Ben Johnson was in everything. He was a cowboy's cowboy in real life and a hell of an actor, but played bit parts. Ben Johnson, I guarantee you, has been in your favorite Western movie. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Harry Harry Carey Harry Carey Jr. was in it too. So, uh, and Jack Elam. Yep. My dad calls Jack Elam. He don't never say Jack Elam. He just goes ugly. You know, ugly was in that movie. <laughs> like poor Jack Elam. <laughs> um, but yeah, the rare breed is just it's it's awesome. And and I forget, I haven't seen the movie in a while. And um, but it is, oh, gosh. I, now I'm gonna when we get through tonight, I'm gonna have to go watch the rare breed. 
I mean, it's just amazing. I, first of all, I love that bowl. And, like, I'm not going to ruin the end of the movie. It's really sad. The end of the movie is, like, really sad. And then you get really happy. And it's, like, those happy tears and sad tears at the same time. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, he, he did it. He did it. <laughs> uh, okay. I digress. Okay. So I, I'm going to skip ahead in my list just a little bit and, and say this a list of actors all the way around tombstone son of a bitch you knew that was on my list <laughs> first of all tombstone is an absolutely awesome movie it is not based in too much reality but it is an absolutely awesome movie you couldn't have casted that movie any better let's just be no. let's just be honest here um I mean, you had you had Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, one of my favorite actors, by the way, Michael Biehn, um, and then we you want to throw a, a few extras out there that were just like had like side, uh, you know, movie side quests, you know, Billy Zane, <laughs> you know, Billy Zane was in it, uh, Charlton Heston was in it. And uh, what was her name? Uh, she was so hot. She played the uh, she played the the girl. Uh, the actress. Yeah, what was her name? I can't remember her name. Uh, she she was the yeah she was the actress in the movie. But uh, yeah, and Harry Carey Jr. was in that one too. Uh, and we're not even mm -hmm. mentioning Billy Bob Thornton in there as Johnny Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> why Johnny Tyler? Look like somebody Man, walked over your grave. Uh, Killer. And not that, to mention, it's Buck the Tyler. epitome of a Western movie. Hold on. Terry O'Quinn is also in this movie, and Buck Tyler. And if you don't know who Buck Tyler is, Buck Tyler is newly from Gunsmoke. He's still kicking. Yep. And, and if you don't, yep. and I'll tell you something else too. Uh, Billy Claiborne in the movie was played by Wyatt Earp III. Really? Yep, and Robert Mitchum was the narrator. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, it's it's an a it's a it's it should be in anybody's top five. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, what, Dana, what do you got for your next one? Dana Delaney. Oh, sorry, the guy I was thinking about. She's just mm, mm, she's sixty-seven yeah. and still and still hot. <laughs> uh, well, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Even though it's not technically a movie, it's a mini series, but it's been shown as a movie. And that's Lonesome Dove. It, it that, doesn't get any better. That, it does not get any better than Lonesome Dove. I'm sorry. No. You can't put any movie whatsoever ahead of Lonesome Dove. If you do, we will fight in a Waffle House parking lot. We'll roll around the rocks and shit. That, that is a movie that will make you cry. I mean... And again, cast. You had Diane Lane is in that movie from Secretariat. Tommy Lee Jones. Um, I mean, it, it just Danny Glover. You know Barry Corbin. I mean, it is just, oh my gosh. You know, it's it's one of those things. You know, when your wife said, "You know, have you ever cried during a movie?" You give me that scene where Call is sitting next to McCray's bedside, 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm going to cry. You know, here's something a lot of people know. Like Everybody remembers Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones and Danny Glover and Diane Lane and Robert Ulrich you know, in that movie. You know Steve Buscemi was also in that movie, right? He was Luke. Yep. Yep. Steve M. Effin Buscemi, another one of my favorite actors. My favorite Steve Buscemi <laughs> role, though, is... Uh, Actually, no, never mind. That wasn't Steve Buscemi, so forget. Never mind. I was thinking about something completely different. And, and, for, and, and for those of you all that have not seen this, just a, a quick down and dirty about it. It's about a, a group of old, washed-up Texas Rangers that decide they want to become cattlemen and drive a herd of cattle up north, you know, to, to start a cattle company and it was, and all of the trials and tribulations on the way. And, but the thing is, is like, if you like Tommy Lee Jones and you like Robert Duvall in their quintessential type roles, this is Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Duvall in their quintessential type roles. Like they play themselves to a T like it is Robert Duvall as Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones as Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, they don't deviate whatsoever. So if you love either one of those actors, watch it. Like, and actually, just if you just like westerns, uh, first of all, if you've never seen Lonesome Dove, email me right now and explain why. Email the show. It's in the show notes. The email to the show, Horses Eyes Podcast at Gmail dot com, and tell me, tell me or tell us why you have not watched Lonesome Dove. And if you tell me you haven't heard of it, then you know I'm going to start a, like a, a rehab program for people who have not heard a lonesome dove because somewhere along the lines your parents screwed up. <laughs> I rest my case. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. By the way, like you probably had fabulous parent parents who just weren't into horses. But if you're in the Western world and like you're one of those third, fourth generation horsemen and you haven't seen Lonesome Dove, I will throw rocks at you. They've seen it. They better have seen it. They better have seen it. All uh, right. So for my next one, we're gonna move to a modern day Western, The Hateful Eight. That movie's phenomenal, by the way. I thought you was going to say Django for a second, oh. and I was going to be right on board. I almost put that on there. It almost made my list, too. Django almost made because it's f a phenomenal movie. Um, Hateful Eight. But let's just say it right now. Quentin Tarantino is well, a phenomenal. First of all, you've got two individuals there that are absolutely off the rails, and that is Kurt Russell and Quentin Tarantino, and then you just put them together and make a movie. Hateful Eight is just, yep. and it's literally a movie about what they're all in, like in the same room together, right? Yeah, there's they're no. It, it's it basically it becomes a murder mystery by the end of it, but they're all stuck in a cabin in a blizzard. I've seen and and, and let's not forget Samuel L. Jackson. First of all. Samuel L. Jackson has done a few modern westerns, and he does a damn good job at the roles, and he plays his roles to a T, uh, especially uh, for African Americans at the time. And you're not going to find too many actors yes. these days that are going to want to step out. Like his role in Django, and I'm not trying to take away from Hateful Eight, 
But his role in Django, I, I cannot quote any of his lines from that movie because they all involve a word I cannot say. <laughs> um, yep. But Samuel L. Jackson keeps it real, and it doesn't matter what he's in. It, you, Kurt Russell, Samuel L. Jackson. What is the cast of Hateful Eight? Um, I'll pull that up. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, you got what's-his-name from uh, Justified. Played I've Boyd never Crowder seen Justified. Justified. Never seen Justified. You, you need to. But you know what? Just We'll give that an honorable mention right now. It's yeah. not a Western, but it is a Western. Um, I, Watch I'll Justified. You, I, I'll tell you another one before I get to like my last couple that is an honorable mention, and that's 310 to Yuma. It's got Russell yes. Crowe. I mean, Russell friggin' Crowe. Yes. Um, all right, so Hateful Eight. So, and an awesome storyline. Sorry. Yeah, so directed by Quentin Tarantino, stars Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, uh, Jennifer Jason Leah, it's hot, by the way, uh, Walton Goggins, uh, Damien, oh, cannot pronounce his last name, Bikar, uh, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, and Bruce Dern. First of all, Bruce Dern, Bruce friggin' Dern. If you don't know who Bruce Dern is, then I'm going to fight you, too, because then... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It is. That was a hard hitter. No, I mean, you know, like when I think Bruce Dern, though, the first thing that pops in my mind is they shoot horses, don't they? He was in, I mean, <laughs> come on, he was in the Cowboys. He was also in the Cowboys. Yep. Um, you know, Posse. Uh, yeah, I mean, shit. He had a cameo in Django. He had a cameo in Django. So, yeah. Was, was Django tarantino movie it was he it, tarantino thought, had a cameo in tarantino i love quentin tarantino one of my favorite tarantino movies though is from okay. dust till dawn and we cannot talk about that movie on this show because it will get flagged <laughs> for explicit because my favorite scene correct my favorite scene is uh i know where i know what you're talking about the guy on the steps of the, uh, of the establishment advertising it <laughs> you cannot tell me if you find any better anywhere else, you don't know what to do with it. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. All right. Your turn. All right. So, my, uh oh. So, my, this, my last one. Uh, and that is Rio Bravo, John Wayne movie. Uh, but one is for the cast. So, it's John Wayne. Walter Brennan, uh, Dean Martin, Ricky Nelson, uh, again, Harry Carey, Ward Bond, uh, Claude Atkins. Again, if you look these guys up, you will, you will recognize all of them. Uh, they were a list at the time. They were a list at the time and they've been in like everything. Um, and it is just, it's a phenomenal movie and it's, it's literally, um, you know, and I'm going to read the what IMDb says because if I tell you, I'll have it all screwed up. But it says when a uh, gunslinger, uh, Joe Burdett, played by Claude Atkins, kills a man in a saloon, Sheriff John T. Chance, John Wayne arrests him uh, with the aid of the town drunk dude who is Dean Martin, who is awesome by the way in this movie. Dean Martin was a hell of a, I love Dean Martin was one of my favorite of the Rat Pack by the way. Uh, before long, Burnett's mm -hmm. brother, Nathan, John Russell, comes around indicating that he's prepared to bust his brother out of jail if necessary. Uh, Chance decides 
to make a stand until reinforcements arrive, uh, enlisting dude and a cripple named Stumpy, who is Walter Brennan, uh, and a babyface <laughs> cowboy, uh, Colorado Ryan, who's played by Ricky Nelson. It is absolutely phenomenal. And like my favorite line from that movie is whenever John Wayne's trying to get back into the jail and he goes, coming in Stumpy, you know, talking to Walter <laughs> Brennan. Like it's, I love that movie. I watched it so much as a kid with my dad. It's John Wayne, Walter Brennan, yep. uh, Dean Martin. It just doesn't get any better. Uh, I, Rio Bravo, man. I, I love that movie. If you've never seen Rio Bravo, go watch it. It's, That's all you can say. It's John Wayne. It's going to be cheesy. It's going to be over the top. Uh, a lot of singing because you have Dean Martin and Ricky Nelson in the same movie, but they really get to exercise their voices, and uh, they gave them a lot of liberty to sing in the movie. And it's not a musical. But, you know, they do get to sing a few songs, and you get to hear Dean Martin and a very, very, very young Ricky Nelson, like a 16-year-old Ricky Nelson or some shit. Yeah, it is awesome. Yep. All right, so since that was your last one, this one is my last one. Major Dundee. Son of a bitch. I didn't even think about that movie. Love it. Charlton Heston, man. Charlton Heston. All the way. You know, the... And for those of you listening, the, the background or the, kind of the, the movie plot of this is uh, some Apaches kidnap some kids. Uh, Major Dundee, who is played by Charlton Heston, is a major in the Union Army during the Civil War. And he recruits a group, in addition to his soldiers, recruits a group of Confederate POWs to ride into Mexico and bring these kids back. I'm only, and on the way back, he is. Go ahead. No, I'm only sad because there's they they missed a golden opportunity in this movie to say, "Get your hands off me, you damn dirty rebs." <laughs> <laughs> if you do not get that right, but uh, we can't be friends. <laughs> we can't be friends. But uh, you know, and and that's from that same, you know, era. It, it was a 1965. And Charlton Heston you know, was kind of got, a, uh, he was kind of a B-list celebrity at the time, though. Like Charlton Heston really didn't come into his own as like a major player in Hollywood till what Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. Who, who and and you look at the role? actors. Exactly, exactly. And and you you look at the Ben Johnson was in Major Dundee. I'm telling you, um, Ben Johnson should be everybody's favorite Hollywood cowboy because he was a real cowboy. Exactly. Exactly. And kind of as an aside, if you haven't seen it, Ryan, uh, watch Soggy Bottom USA. Okay. Are they singing into a can? He he he, he is the primary you know, I mean, he, he has the, the leading role in that movie. Ben Johnson does? Ben Johnson, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, Charlton Heston, Ben Johnson, James Coburn, um, uh, R.G. I Armstrong. James, I love James Coburn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it it's it's an oldie but a goodie. The, uh, um, I tell you another, you know, and it's, it's not a Western, but it, Ben Johnson folks out there, if you're a fan of Ben Johnson. The the video that actually got him an Academy Award is The Last Picture Show, which is a 70s coming-of-age film. Watch it. 
go watch that movie. It's not a western. It's not anything that you would think Ben Johnson would be in. Um, but it is. It's good. It's it's really good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Richard Harris was in it. Oh shit! Yeah, that's it's a good movie. Yeah. Look at that. We didn't. We so didn't there's we, that. We. We we got this done in under an hour and ten minutes, and we didn't deviate too much from our path. No, no rabbit holes. Well, well, not really rabbit holes, but we we did have to explain a, a couple of things. Yeah, it, it, and that's it, okay. It, it happens. So, but on that note, before we go down a rabbit hole, uh, you got any you got any final thoughts, man? You know that. When people think of horse movies, most people think of westerns. But if you look at our list, there is something for everybody on that list. Yeah, I, you know, there's there's so many movies that, and there's so many horse movies out there, and like some of them are just really cheesy, and like I just can't get on very very lifetime esque. Um. You know, but you know, there's some heavy hitters that were not on the list, like you know, Black Beauty and and stuff like that. You know, um, you know, there's, there's and it's either, not that we haven't seen them. We both have daughters. Yeah, we have, we have daughters. We've all seen Spirit. We've all seen Black Beauty. Every reincarnation of Black Beauty there is. I, I personally like the old one. That's just me. Um, but you know, it, it, you can make a list with those. But I'm pretty sure everybody's seen those. You know, if you if you haven't, then my gosh, go watch them. You know, uh, and there's like five or six different incarnations of all of those movies. You know, but it, it's yeah. I mean, there's something for everybody. You know, if you like race horses, you like western horses, you like you know whatever. I think there's something for everybody on our list. Uh, I'm not gonna promise that there's gonna be a list of all these movies in the notes uh like i did the last time because chances <laughs> are it's not gonna happen so you're gonna have to listen to the episode and make your own notes um but pretty much everything that we have mentioned uh you can find streaming on some platform or the other i think most people are like me they've kind of cut the cord from cable and they have you know netflix and hulu and amazon and all that and yeah, it's funny. We cut the cord from cable because cable is so expensive, but yet we have like 14 streaming services and it costs more than cable. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so, so quick question. Did you have any other movies listed? And if you did, no details. Just rattle them off what you had. Um, actually, I didn't. Um, we hit, We hit everything that I had on my list. Um, let me double check just just to make sure. Yeah, we we hit we hit everything on everything on my list, um, and we had a couple of crossovers. You know that was on your list. Did you have anything else? I, I had a few more just in case there were crossovers. Um, okay. Eight seconds. Uh, eight I would seconds. consider that a western. It's a, it's a yeah ish yeah. It's um, lame. It's lame. Big Jake. Cross. Big Jake. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Highwaymen, which yeah. I'm talking about the newest one with Kevin Costner, chasing Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Uh, yes, that is in outstanding. By the way, I watched that. Uh, I think I watched it last year. I need to watch it again. It was that good. 
It's Kevin Costner. Yeah. Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. It didn't make my list because, again, it's, and, you know, I thought about it because it's another one of those movies I think everyone has. Yeah, yeah. And finally, the old stagecoach featuring the highwayman. Yeah. Um, I, you know, some of the movies that I skipped over were like Dances with Wolves, uh, Hang Em High. Um, you know, they shoot horses, don't they? She ties a yellow ribbon. Uh, the original stagecoach with John Wayne. Um and you know it. It's just when you know, and you're trying to do you know five. Like that was our goal. Narrow it down to five. It yeah. It, like you know, you get to you get four down, and then you get to that fifth one, and you're like, son of a. You know. It's <laughs> so on that note, uh, anything you want to shout out? Anything you got coming up? You want to talk about? Well, I was at the horse park today. I don't want to talk about so, it. Hurts that was, <laughs> I'm supposed to it be It hurt there. my heart. I was supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 and and that's always my big promo, you know. If if you've never been to the Kentucky Horse Park, come to Kentucky and go to the horse park. If you're just passing through eastern Kentucky, stop at the Kentucky Horse Park. It doesn't matter if you're a horse person or not. Like I know people that listen to the show that don't know dick about horses, but they, they listen to the show because they, they, they like it. And I'm telling you right now, go to the Kentucky Horse Park, take the family, camp. You can camp there. They got a campground there. And go ride horses because you can do that there. But it's not just that. It's the Museum of the Horse, the Saddlebred Museum. Um, it is, uh, gosh, the Hall of Champions. Um, I mean, like, I was so stoked because I was going to meet Funny Side this weekend, one of my favorite racehorses. You know, he's, he's there. Um, you know, point given. I, I could not there. bring myself to go up there today. Because I wasn't there. Was that it? Because you weren't there. Because oh, if you had sent a picture of you and Funny Side, I would have, like, emailed you a punch to the throat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't do it, but you know, if if you're somebody that just wants to immerse yourself in horses and you know horse information and horse history for a day, visit the horse park. It, well, and it's a place to if you don't have a love for the horse, but you have an admiration for horses, it's a place to gain a love for horses. Like it is just. For yeah. horse folks, it is. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like the Kentucky Horse Park. I don't care who you are or where you're at. There's nothing like the Kentucky Horse Park. Go. Plan a trip. Whatever part of the country you're in, if you can afford the trip, go. 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 Take out a loan. I don't if, shit. Go. If I walk through the Arabian Gallery one more time, I will have an Arabian in this field. I'll I say that. I tell everybody that. Like, the first time I went through that gallery, there were some people in front of the group I was with that just they were picking on Arabs uh, before they went, and they're like, "Do you want really to go in here?" And they're like, "Ah, you know, whatever. We got to, you know, we got to go through here to get to another part of the museum, so we might as well go." And they were picking on Arabs and this and the other. And by the time they got through the other side, I was kind of eavesdropping on their conversation. They were talking about, you know, how I didn't know that. Holy cow, they're really cool. You know, did you see that? And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, I saw that." You know, and it's like, see, told you. Arabs are awesome, man. I don't give a damn who you are. 
you can talk shit about Arabs all day long. It's because you have never met a good Arab. Because when you meet a good Arab, you're sold immediately. Same thing with thoroughbreds. You meet a good thoroughbred, <laughs> you are sold immediately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Morgans are good all the time. So I don't care what anybody says. If you say an or if you say a more if you say a Morgan's bad, it's because you're a bad trainer. Shots fired. Is that what I said? <laughs> no, there, there's there's bad Morgans out there. Just because people have let them down and then they've been bred stupidly, but yeah, this is yeah. Government Morgans aren't Morgans. Again, I said what I said. Also, gated Morgans are not Morgans. I said what I said. <laughs> Lip it, Morgan, or go home, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean you know there, there's a there's a Morgan of every flavor. And I accept that. I, I just personally like Lippet Morgan, so I pick on everybody else. We better stop this show before I piss off the entire horse world. And we got a, we got another we got another promo that we got to record anyway. We're not going to say anything about it, but it's going to be super secret, secret squirrel type stuff that uh, we might advertise in the future. But uh, for those that don't know, we, there is a network that this show belongs to, and there is a board for that network. Uh, how half ass that board is because I'm set on it. So, you know, they're not too picky. <laughs> um, and it is a handful of shows and it involves a podcast called The Life Illiterate. Uh, it, it, do not let your kids listen to it. It is horrible. Um, but I am on that show. It is explicit every episode, like extremely explicit, extremely, extremely like beyond NC 17. This is triple X. Uh, don't let your kids <laughs> listen to The Life Illiterate. Uh, Southern Legends and Lies, which is uh, uh, the lovely Miss Jennifer's show. Um, and she does an awesome job with that about ghosts and cryptids and everything else around primarily the southeast. Um, this show, um, you know, Behind the Horse's Eyes, there's the Illiterate Opinion, uh, which is a show that's getting ready to come out here really soon. Um and it's myself and my producer on another show, Mr. Jesse Bussey. Uh, awesome, awesome producer and sound engineer. Um, I wish he would edit the show for me, but I can't afford him. But, you know, so you guys get what you get. Sorry, is what it is. But um, uh, we're starting a show there that's kind of a little bit more, you know, modern kind of news. Uh, what you missed over the weekend type thing. Um, so yeah, that's in the works and me and Jade have been shopping a show. We'll leave it at that. So we're going to work on that. So without any further ado, Jade, last, last closing, closing thoughts. I hate it when I get put on the spot like this, you know, you wanted to be a podcaster. So here it is. If, (laughs) if this, if this comes out before then have a happy and safe July 4th. Yeah, well, it's me editing, so maybe, maybe not. <laughs> the goal is always Monday, you know? The, uh, the day is Monday. Um, and I'm like, and, and I get people, I do get complaints about that sometimes because there are people who are diehard. I don't know. Listen, if you love it, I'm sorry. This is your life is to the point where this is your favorite podcast, but hey, it is what it is. But um, I get a lot of people that send me emails like, hey, we didn't get a show today. And I'm like, well, technically hey. we're bi-weekly. You know, we're not every Suspense week. is good one. for you. That's right. You know, set on it. Stifle. Like Archie Bunker used to say, stifle. 
but no, <laughs> I, you know, and I'm sorry, I do get behind. It. Like I, I work a, I, I work a regular job, plus maintain my farm, plus do social media, and it's not just a podcasting. Like I have a TikTok that is, you know, growing leaps and bounds, and you know, I'm trying to dabble in YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff. So. Like a lot of that does take my time, and you know I've, I, you know, doesn't help that I'm an alcoholic. So you know I've got that, you know, the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Jay and I both, you know, we have a problem with alcohol. So you know, we got it. well, it's only a problem if you admit it. Uh, exactly. You know, so you know, I got to fit that in at some point during the day. You know, I mean, so I'm trying to edit and get hammered. You know, I mean, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm kidding, you know, but in all reality, I do have a lot going on. Plus, I have three beautiful daughters. So, yeah, it, it is a lot sometimes. So, I do apologize for folks that reach out to me and go, hey, didn't get a podcast. You know, what's up? Everything okay? No, everything's fine. Y- your boy's just working. It's fine. That's why I'm not in Kentucky because I'm working. I'm supposed to be in Kentucky. And then I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be actually in Ohio right now because I should have left Jade about two hours ago and I should be an hour from Dayton, Ohio, hanging out with the great folks at, um, Jumpstart Equestrian and then waking up in the morning and going to the Museum of the Air Force and seeing the Memphis Bell with those fine folks. And then tomorrow, uh, Sunday, I'm supposed to be riding some really awesome horses with those folks, but I'm still in South Carolina because somebody dropped the ball. Life. Life. Yeah, I'll leave it at that because I'll get angry. So <laughs> on that note, though, on behalf of Jade Reigns, I am Jay Ryan Chastain, and uh, thank you for listening. Check out some of these movies. They are awesome. Again, a handful of them are miniseries, um, but I've been produces movies. I think everything we covered – is pretty much streaming right now, wouldn't you think? Yeah, somewhere stre- you can find it. Somewhere, if not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do this, but uh, I'm also not gonna, I'm also not gonna, you know, feel bad if you pirate it somewhere. You know, if you know how to do that. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, just go find them, go watch them. They're they're worth a watch. So, on that note, though, we will definitely catch you guys next time.